Good afternoon, dear families of HES Academies and dear community. We welcome you to another Family Engagement Live broadcast. And I have with me in the virtual studio today, Hala Malla, Ms. Hala. She's a health educator with the Access Substance Abuse Program Community Coalition. You, the, the acronym for it is ASAP. You'll, you'll hear that name around. Uh, she graduated from Wayne State University uh, with her master's in social work. She has experience working with individuals and communities and is focused on empowering others through education. Welcome, Hala. Thank you and hi, everyone. Today's presentation uh, will be about a very important subject, which is the subject of uh, video gaming. Um, as you know, uh, video gaming is um, uh, a very popular part of many youth's uh, lives these days. And uh, Ms. Hala is going to talk about um, what happens when excessive use takes place, when uh, addiction takes place, and tips on how to manage our use of video gaming and to avoid, uh, you know, to prevent from uh, prevent ourselves from falling into addiction of video gaming. Without further ado, uh, Hala, you can take it from there. everyone i'm going to be talking about excessive video gaming use or video gaming addiction and i will take questions as soon as the presentation is done so feel free to leave any comments today i'll talk about excessive video gaming use the symptoms of it the effects or negative consequences of it i'll also talk about risk factors so things that make video gaming addictive also with the holiday season, with coronavirus happening, and also to talk about why people turn to playing video games. And I'll also give you tips on managing video game consumption or video game use by also teaching good decision-making skills. And I'll also give resources and tips for managing the video gaming. So first I'll begin by talking about what is video gaming addiction. And the video gaming addiction is when a person is using the smartphone, a cell phone, a tablet, a computer, or a gaming system to play video games. And it's when it happens constantly, excessively, or it's always happening in their lives compared to other tasks that they might have to do. And this does not refer to using a cell phone to text someone, using it for social media, or using it to make a phone call. This just is referring to playing an actual video game. And when it's an addiction, it interferes with the person's life, and it can also happen for a long period of time. And there's a fine line between video gaming addiction and excessive or playing video games too much. So not everyone who plays video games, even if it looks like they're playing it a lot, does not mean that they are addicted. And video gaming addiction isn't yet considered a mental health disorder, 
The DSM-5, which is the manual that's used to assess or to diagnose people with a mental health disorder, set some guidelines or some symptoms the person should experience for it to be considered an addiction. And if the person experiences five or more of these listed symptoms within a year, then it's most likely that they are addicted to video gaming. And video gaming is when the addiction is when the person becomes too distracted with video gaming. So they might be playing video games for more than what is considered normal. They might always be thinking about playing a video game. They might also experience some sort of withdrawal symptoms if they are not playing a video game or if someone is taking the video game away from them. They might seem to be anxious, angry, irritated, or even sad. And also they might have a tolerance for needing to play more video games. So if playing a video game made them happy this week, Next week, they might need to play for even longer in order to feel happy again, and they'll keep increasing. So one week they'll play for an hour a day, next week they'll need to play for two hours a day. It might seem to be increasing the amount of time that they need to play a video game. Also, they might have a hard time stopping the video gaming, and they might say they're going to quit playing a lot of video games, but they'll go back at playing it again. Also, they might give up other activities or in their lives or they won't feel interested in other activities that they used to enjoy because video gaming seems to be their biggest interest now. Also, they might continue to play video games even if it's causing problems in their life. So they might be doing poorly at work or at school and they'll still be playing video games a lot. Or they might be lying to others around them about how long they're spending playing video games and they might use video games to relieve a negative mood such as guilt or hopelessness about their excessive video gaming. And it might also cause them to take more risks. So they might jeopardize or lose a job or a friendship or relationship because of the gaming. Before I discuss the negative effects that video gaming has, it's also important that we talk about some of the benefits of playing video games. And it's important when we talk about this topic that we're not labeling video gaming as bad or as good. And we shouldn't be judging people for playing video games, even if it seems like they're playing it too much. Uh, this is also important because it's important you don't, for example, take away the video game system of your child right after watching this or yelling at a child or punishing them. Or even if an adult, you play video games too much not to feel bad about it or punish yourself either. This is simply meant to educate you and we shouldn't really be judging the child or the adult for it, just simply educating ourselves. So video gaming, when it's played for a good amount of time, it's not played excessively, can actually have benefits. It could lead the person to learn how to follow good instructions. They might also learn problem solving skills, they also might develop hand-eye coordination skills, fine motor skills, or learned spatial skills. And they can also be taking part in teamwork activities, can teach them how to play good with others, and also might also cause the person to have good thinking skills to make good quick decisions. 
Now, those were the benefits, and those benefits come when the gaming isn't too excessive. But when it becomes excessive, played for a long period of time or played over and over again, it could have some physical consequences because too much of anything is never really good for a person. For example, a person might experience carpal tunnel. So as shown in the two pictures here, they might experience stress in their hands due to using a mouse or to using a gaming controller. And they might also experience eye strain. And eye strain happens when the person is staring at the screen for too long. Usually the video games are moving quickly they're locking their eyes right on the screen. And if they try to look around anywhere else, the vision might become blurry. They might have a hard time focusing or they might still feel like they're inside of the video game. And many times people also might be playing on a smartphone or a tablet. They're probably looking a little too close. I'm sure you've seen that happening. And many adults are also guilty of that. So if the person staring at the device for too long, it's really going to affect their vision, their eyesight which can then also lead to migraines. And then looking back at how a person usually sits when they are playing a video game, they might have their back hunched like this, they might be staring up at a screen, and this could really lead to back aches, to neck pain, to shoulder pain. And then also there might be high blood pressure or rapid heartbeat experienced by the person. And this is because some of the video games might be too exciting or too stressful. Sometimes there might be violence in them. Or if the person continues to lose the video game, they might start to feel like they're angry, they're about to rage, and that could really affect their heartbeat and blood pressure. And then there's also the issues with sleep disturbances. So they might not get enough sleep. And this is because the person might stay up too late trying to play the video game or waking up early just to play the video game, or sometimes not sleeping at all, or sleeping very little because they are distracted by the video game. And this really messes with the natural body clock of waking up on time and getting enough sleep. There are also the social emotional consequences of playing a video game. The person might have relationships that suffer, and this is because they might neglect their friendships, or they might not pay too much attention to their other friendships, to their family relationships, and that's because the video game is their main priority. And if the person doesn't stop paying attention to those relationships, they still might hang out with other people, but when they're with those people, they start to feel disconnected from them or isolated from them. And that's because they're not interested in the same things that they are. So the person might be very interested in video gaming and their friends aren't. So they'll start to feel disconnected from them. And this could lead to anxiety, it could lead to depression, and this is also due to the isolation. And when, it's, when it comes to the physical, the social, the emotional consequences of video gaming, it's important then to take some precautions. So if you're suffering from any physical consequences while gaming, you should be careful how you're sitting, making sure you're not hunching over, making sure your back, your neck, your shoulders are supported as you play the video game. And if you're worried about any social or emotional consequences, 
that. So just make sure you're giving enough time to your friendships, to your family relationships, and you're also balancing things out, which you can still play video games, but just make sure you're paying attention to other areas of your life too. And it's also now important to learn why people turn to playing video games. And it's important to understand this because if you see a you see someone who's playing video games, you don't want to assume that they're playing because they're lazy, because they don't care about work, they don't care about school. You should really avoid judging them because there are other reasons why that person might be turning to play video games. For one, the video gaming is enjoyable, it's a rewarding experience. It also causes the person to feel a sense of achievement. They might also accomplish goals and a purpose for their day. Also, the person might feel a sense of belonging, a sense of community with the people that they meet online. And that's because they feel more connected to them. They also share one common interest. So that leads them to want to turn to video games to connect with those people again. And the video gaming might also give the person a sense of identity. They might start to feel that they're a gamer, um, that this is what they do, this is their thing. And it gives them a sense of purpose, a sense of identity. And they might lack one in other areas of their life. And it's also important to note the final point I made, and that it gives the person a sense of freedom or a way to escape. So they might have things going on in their life that they just need to escape from for a moment. So they turn to video gaming because it's like a whole new world. It's a whole new community. And some people seem to enjoy that online community more than their own community in real life. and to understand what makes gaming addicting. So you might be concerned about, how do I know that my child or my own video gaming is an addiction? Or how do I know if it becomes addicting? It's important to note that an addiction happens when the person is taking part in that behavior over and over again, with mostly anything. And video gaming, kind of puts a person at risk for becoming addicted to it because it's most likely that the person will turn back to playing a video game over and over again. It's very rare to see someone who plays a video game, enjoys it, and then stops playing for a month or a year. It's most likely, especially with those who are younger, they'll want to keep playing the video game every single day. And we see that a lot happening with little children on a smartphone or on a tablet, and they seem to know a lot about these devices more than some adults. And that's because it's something new, it's something they wanna keep using. And part of that is because of something called dopamine, and dopamine is the chemical that's released in the brain that makes a person feel good. And usually when a person's playing a video game, it's been shown that the dopamine levels in their brain doubled while they were playing. So dopamine also causes the person to become addicted to something because they want to experience that feeling again and again. And then some ways that video gaming can really bring a person back to the game that would make them want to repeat that activity is because there's always something for them to turn back to. 
Some might have a high score that they set. Some might see a high score for an online person or a high score that's set by somebody, and they'll just want to beat that high score. Again, this goes back to giving them a sense of accomplishment, a sense of purpose. Some might want to beat the game. There might be some games that have no endings, so there's always something new to look forward to. And you see that a lot with video games that have a large amount of exploring or give the person the power to create their own world. And they can also have these new relationships online that they want to go back to, their online community again. And these are different ways that cause the person to want to go back and play the video game. The more the person wants to play the video game, the more likely they are to become addicted to it. And it's also important to note that those who are bored might turn back to playing a video game because they're looking for some sort of enjoyment or excitement in their life. And this is something that we see happening a lot during the coronavirus lockdowns and the excessive gaming that has happened during it. This is because excessive gaming is on the rise during the COVID-19 lockdowns. Many people feel they have nothing else to do. Many really can't do anything else. And at what's been shown, we can't go anywhere. We can't really see other people. And if we want to connect with others, we might go to an online game in order to connect with that community. Also, the social isolation or having school at home, working from home, can also lead the person to have more free time or more access to a video game, to a video gaming device, compared to before when the child would go to school they would most likely be away from their video gaming systems, from their tablets. If they had a smartphone, the teacher was really careful that they weren't on it. Now with school being from home, it gives them a lot of time to maybe use the device without anyone knowing. Or those who are working from home may have more time to play the video games compared to before. And there's no doubt there is a lot of stress now. There is a lot of concern about life. Uh, people might be worried about getting sick. They're probably worried that someone they love or someone they know is sick or going to get sick. And there is just a lot of stress going on in the media, on TV. So it's understandable that people are turning to video games in order just to distract themselves from what's going on. And then there's something special about the holiday season. It's coming up very soon. Uh, many people have been buying gifts for themselves, for others, or there are a lot of deals that have been going on for especially gaming systems for tablets or computers, a lot of new games being released, a lot of new gaming systems being released. So gifts, there is a high risk for a person to receive now a video gaming system, and then they'll have more free time during the holidays to play the video games. And there's not much to do in the cold, not much to do in the lockdowns. So the most fun thing to do now seems to be playing a video game. And this is not to say you shouldn't buy a gaming system for yourself. You shouldn't buy a gaming system for your child or for anyone you know. Uh, you can still buy these systems, but it's important then you're playing carefully, you're managing how long you're playing, and you're just not excessively playing on these video gaming systems. 
just to get an understanding of how much time people are spending playing video games in the United States, you can see by these numbers, there is a lot of people who play video games for more than 20 hours a week. And this number, these numbers are only increasing during the lockdowns that are going on. And also the trends have been shown that 8.2% of males spent more than 20 hours playing a video game a week. And this number is pretty similar for females. They've spent more than 20 hours per week and the number is 6.5% of females. This screen here, I am sharing with everyone the ratings that are set by the ESRB and this is the Entertainment Software Rating Board. They set the ratings for all the video games that are out there, similar to the ratings that are given to movies or music or TV shows. And these ratings are met for the person to understand what kind of content the person gaming is going to be exposed to. And this is something especially for parents to be looking out for on your child's video games. If you do not want them to be exposed to any kind of material, any kind of violence, to just keep track of what kind of letter you're seeing on the games on the game itself. So E means it's for everyone. There isn't really much of a concern for a child playing these kinds of video games. E10 plus, if you see that icon, then it's mostly meant for everyone who is 10 years old and older. T, that is mostly for teenagers and up. M is for anyone that is 17 years or older. And then an A means the game is only for adults, anyone who's 18 years or older. And the reason I'm giving you guys this information is because children might be able to buy these video games online now without an adult knowing, or the adult might be buying the video game for the child and they really don't know what the letter is standing for. So this leaves them not understanding what their child is being exposed to. And this is also for anyone who's playing video games too. If you don't want to have too much violence in a video game, just to look at the letter and then see what that letter means. And I'm going to now share some tips on managing the media consumption. The most important factor is to understand the location of the gaming system itself, of the video gaming system, the tablets, the smartphones, the computers, especially if it's a laptop or something small, to not leave it inside of the bedroom, to place it in a room in the house where everyone has access to it or where the person can't wake up in the middle of the night and play video games in secret. You want to make sure it's not an easy access or it's in a room where if the whole family is sleeping and the child wants to play a video game, everyone will know about it. Also to check the ratings that I mentioned and to also set limits for yourself or for your child. Uh, you shouldn't punish them or take away their gaming system or punish them for playing on the video gaming system. But it's important to talk to them about it or to talk to yourself about it and to set limits. So you can limit how often the video games are being played or for how long the video games are being played. And it's also important to practice the good decision-making skills. 
Good decision-making skills to use when it comes to video gaming is to choose to sleep on time and to wake up early instead of choosing to stay up late or to play the video game all day long. It's also important to make the choice to spend time with family or those you are living with, even if we are being on lockdown right now. Uh, choose that over being isolated, playing a video game, and also choose to take part in something productive, something you enjoy, something you find fun, or some sort of physical activity when it comes to making that choice compared to wanting to play a video game for too long. And you can think about the information given today. You can think about some ways that you could have used this information in the last week. You can think about what was the situation? Who did the situation involve? Was it you? Was it your child? Were they playing video games for too long? Did you punish them for it? Uh, did you take away the system altogether? this new information, what could you do differently next time? And to also think about what you can start doing now and how you can start using isolation and the holiday season comes. There are also some tips for managing the addiction itself. You can visit online resources. There is a website called Psychology Today, and you can search specifically for someone who handles video gaming addiction. You might have counselors in your city that can help with that. And it's also important to continue to educate yourself. So to watch presentations like this, to read information in books or to read information online. Now that you also are aware of the rating system, that's something new you can use to just keep track of what kinds of video games a child is playing. And when it comes to learning new information online, just be careful. Make sure you understand what you're reading. Don't take it too uh, strictly, take it lightly. And then if you have any concerns, you can contact a professional for further help. And the most important thing is to be compassionate with yourself, to be understanding with your child, not to punish them, not to hold the gaming systems away from them, and just to really have these important conversations. And if any of the youth are watching this presentation now, um, it's important for you to start realizing this now, is that you can play video games. It's something fun, and adults understand that. But it's also important that you're not wasting your days or your time playing video games for too long. Or you have a lot of schoolwork, and you should really do that before you play a video game. And the less you play video games, the more fun it'll continue to be. Because if you're constantly playing a video game all day, every single day, it stops being fun. And then you're off looking for another game and another game. So the less time you spend playing, it'll actually keep the game fun for you. So that way you're still taking care of your other activities. You're still seeing other people in your real life. And you're still enjoying the games when you do play them. So thank you everyone for watching and we have time now to take questions and I will answer any questions that you might have. Well, thank you Ohala for the uh, presentation and uh, 
Miss Ilahi, she says, we are listening to the presentation as a family. Really want to make sure our kids spend their time wisely. Thank you so much for the presentation today. Thank you, Ms. Ilahi, for following uh, this presentation and for uh, making it a family activity. Ms. Nada uh, Abunab, she says, very important topic, especially these days during quarantine and kids stuck at home with lots of free time on their hands. So they all play video games instead of doing something uh, useful. Um, a lot of families, they actually uh, have that uh, question um, is, you know, you, you've shown data that almost one out of 10 males uh, and females are, are also close to that. They're not far off um, that they spend more than 20 hours uh, a week playing video games. Uh, that's, that's almost a, a part-time job. Mm -hmm. And um, that's almost uh, the same amount of time spent on uh, virtual learning. Uh, so, uh, what 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 advice do you give? You know, we want to create alternatives. Uh, like you said, uh, just uh, being penal is not going to uh, get us anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so, what kind of uh, alternatives um, you have come across that you can suggest to parents? Yes, and I see the wonderful comments, especially uh, Jennifer said that they are listening to it as a family, so I'm sure there are children also watching this presentation, and for the adults watching this presentation. Uh, Nada also said that it is an important topic now because of quarantine, and that's exactly why I wanted to give this presentation today. Uh, we understand the situation. Before, we could have told the children to go outside and play, or in the winter, go to a friend's house or go somewhere and hang out with people. Uh, we really can't say that nowadays because of the lockdown, uh, because it's cold outside. So there are some things that we can do as a family, for example. You can spend time with the child, uh, do activities, play some sort of board games, uh, having conversations with them. They can read. They can even watch a movie or a TV show together as a family and not to spend hours on there. So you shouldn't really do one activity for too long. If they're going to be reading or watching TV or even to play a video game, just to manage how long they are taking part in that activity, uh, we shouldn't say to them, you can't play video games at all. Uh, just to really set limits. That's the most important thing. Uh, set a time, set a schedule, or again, make the video gaming something that they earn. So if they're doing their homework, you can tell them, if you finish your homework today, you can play the video game for an hour. Uh, you can also have important conversations with them. Ask them why they're playing video games so much. Are they trying to distract from something? Are they stressed about anything? Or maybe they're just feeling bored. And you can talk to them about ways you can stop them from feeling so bored. You can tell them, what else can we do as a family? Or what else would you like to do? to have more fun instead of turning just to video games. Thank you. Also, there's the concept of uh, once once uh, a child or even an adult really uh, gets uh, this high level of stimulation and entertainment mm -hmm. and engagement. I mean, uh, gamification is such a, a powerful uh, engaging tool that it's even recommended in education. Um, uh, teachers sometimes try to gamify their classrooms mm -hmm. because it just gets the students more involved. So with such high level of, of uh, uh, engagement, um, 
some get actually scared from being bored mm -hmm. while being bored is is uh, is not something to be scared from it is a natural uh, situation and it's a, it's a it's a time where the brain really uh, relaxes and mm -hmm. uh, uh, it also can be uh, motivating to uh, and inspiring to find some creative ideas some new ideas uh, do you want to say something about that Yes, uh, a lot of uh, one of the points I had made was that people who feel very bored in their life, they might feel um, bored and want to turn to playing a video game. So that's the main reason. It's because the video gaming technology is very interesting for the person. So in order to deal with feeling bored, you should really just allow yourself to feel it because some people, like you said, are so afraid of it. So to stop feeling bored, they'll right away uh, pick up the video game or pick up their phone just to distract from it and it's important to just sit with it for a moment to feel bored and then you can ask yourself come up with something else you can do or uh, ask yourself why you're feeling bored is there something else in your life that you don't feel accomplished in or you don't feel you have any other goals so really that can that feeling of boredom that people are trying to escape can actually be a message for them. It can really wake them up and allow them to set goals for their life or take part in something else that they'll enjoy. Thank you. I You're see that on the YouTube channel, there, is a, uh, there are a lot of students who are uh, watching this. And uh, I, I just want to tell you that when you leave a lot of comments, uh, then the system blocks you for five minutes. I'm not blocking you intentionally. Uh, so just try to uh, uh, not to post more than one comment per minute. And uh, guys, since you're here and we have Hala with us, if you have any questions, you are the ones who are uh, more in touch with your peers. Um, if you have any questions for her, please go ahead and ask her instead of, uh, you know, posting um, a lot of comments that are not really questions. So we want you to engage with our speaker and uh, benefit from her. Um, Hala, is there is there so addiction? The ga gaming addiction has not been uh, uh, classified as a health, a mental health. Um, is there any um, cases that you you're receiving, for example, in, in access uh, that has to do with uh, actually excessive gaming? Um, I have before in other places that I have worked, where I've personally seen people with video gaming addiction, um, and then with our work now at Access as a health educator. Uh, we're aware that a lot of people do have video gaming addiction, so we make sure to give these presentations to keep them in mind, uh, to teach them also ways of managing it instead of just telling them that this is what video gaming disorder is or video gaming addiction is, uh, just giving them ideas on how to work with it, how to handle it. Uh, but it's very common. I have seen it a lot uh, with other, especially with young children. I would see many children who would want to just wake up early to even play a video game before school, but they won't really do that with their homework. Uh, they won't do their homework on time. They'll put video gaming as a priority. And the most common reason why we've seen that happen is because, again, it's something interesting for them. It's something fun. It's something they use to distract or something they use to connect with other people. And uh, we have a question that says, do educational games make an exception? Again, educational games are something productive. It's a good thing that the games you're playing are educational, 
But with anything, it's important that you're just limiting yourself to the games in general because of any kind of issues they would cause with your eyes or with your back, like I had mentioned. Um, and if you are playing any educational games, there is like this higher risk of then wanting to play a video game that's not educational. Again, it builds that tolerance. So educational games are a great option. They're very good options, um, but it's important to have a balance. So even with reading, it's good to read, but if you're reading for too long, you wanna really section your activities off. So it's important to look at the kinds of games you're playing, but it's also important to consider how long or how often you're playing. Yeah, we have a question here. Uh, do education games make an exception? I think meaning that can you excessively play an, a, a game that is an educational game? That could happen, yes, with any kind of games, especially if it's very engaging, if it's very interesting. Um, there is a chance that you'll excessively play it or you might become addicted to playing that game. I think the question is, is it is it okay to excessively play an educational game? No. Uh, with any kind of game, it shouldn't be excessive. With anything that you do, it shouldn't be too excessive. There's those risks that come with it. Uh, Hala, is there an, um, a medical or a scientific standard for what is a healthy number of hours to uh, practice video games? I mean, you've, you've mentioned that there are some benefits for video mm -hmm. games. So we are... Uh, calling for the really organizing of, of the playing time for video games. So what's, do you have any information about that? Uh, from what I've seen with the manual, the DSM-5, the manual for the diagnosing or assessing any mental health disorders, it did mention that it's only excessive or it's unhealthy if the person is playing the video game longer than they're doing other tasks in their, in their day. So if they're playing for more hours than they are studying or more hours than they are communicating with other people, that would make it unhealthy. Uh, so to set the standard for what is healthy, I wouldn't give an exact time because I could say one hour a day, but that could still be too much for the person. So it depends on the person. It depends what their day looks like, what their life looks like. Are they choosing to play the video game instead of dealing with something else or something important? So it's healthy when it's done in balance with other activities, uh, when it's not taking over the day, when it's just done in a good amount of time where they're not feeling tired or they're not feeling the physical consequences of it. Right. Uh, Amna Khilaili, she's asking, many video games have been shown to improve reflex and memory. Does mm -hmm. this apply to those? Thank you, Amna, for your question. Yes, thank you for that question. Um, for video games, again, yes, there are benefits to it. There's many that have taught fine motor skills, the spatial skills, uh, memory, educational games like what was mentioned earlier. So this kind of addiction or excessive use would apply to anything, and it could apply for any kind of video gaming in general. Uh, it's good that they are making these choices to play video games that are providing benefits for the person, but again, if they are playing that video game for too long compared to any kind of activity, there is a risk that it becomes addicting, that it becomes excessive, and they should really balance that out. So they should definitely keep playing those kinds of video games. Those are a better option. 
But again, like anything, they shouldn't be playing it for too many hours or too excessively. And again, uh, just to uh, point out and remind that excessive is defined as when that, when, when that playing, when that interval of time you're using for playing is really more than all the other tasks or any other task that you're doing during the day, shouldn't be a major activity of your day that's taken a lot of time, that would be excessive. Hello, I want to mention something about a game that is very popular among uh, children. Can you guess what it is? Uh, there's a few. I know um, there's the newer games coming out. Uh, there's Among Us. There's um, the Fortnite. There's uh, Roblox. There's a lot of different games that I hear about. Right. And uh, uh, Minecraft. I'm going to yes. talk a little bit about uh, uh, Fortnite. Just a couple of mm -hmm. comments. And it's not my opinion. It's from Psychology Today. First of all, just like Hala said, there are ratings for games. Fortnite is rated as T. T means 14. Teen means it's recommended for children 13 years or older. Unfortunately, many children also play uh, Fortnite who are not teens, who are less than 13 years old. Uh, you, it's not uncommon to find a lot of elementary school age children uh, playing uh, Fortnite. Uh, that's something that we have to pay attention for. There's a reason for these ratings, and we have to pay attention for uh, for for these ratings. Yes, Riyadh, thank you. It is Fortnite. You guessed right. Um, I want to quote uh, a psychologist uh, saying the following. Um, the um, uh, Fortnite is 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 uh, is not an age appropriate game because of the nature of its uh, violence yes it is cartoonish and death in fortnite can be immediately followed by starting a new game but the killing is random if you see another player it's either kill or be killed in fortnite everyone but yourself is an adversary though it is possible to be a small team of two or four and threatens your survival. Everyone else threatens your survival. You must attempt to kill them. Everyone is your enemy. There are no friends and you are all competing at the highest level for your survival. It's not really a great way to foster the type of collaboration that our planet and humankind need in the future. Most other violent games at least have teams Bad guys such as zombies attacking the earth or defending one's country against enemies. Because younger children are still developing their capacities for understanding abstract concepts, others who are different and hypothetical questions, the messaging of games such as Fortnite can be troubling. I'm quoting uh, psychologist Randy Coleman from Psychology uh, Today. So there are few concerns about a game such as Fortnite, although the violence is not really graphic, and um, uh, death basically uh, makes you play a, a new game. But there are certain things in this nature that can be problematic. And also we have to watch for the uh, rating. Now there are alternatives again. Um, I want to ask you a question, Hala. So once a kid is attached to a game, Parents find it very difficult to get them off that game or to switch it to another game. Is there a natural process for withdrawal from such an addiction? 
if I may use these terms. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, very good question. Um, yes, there is going to be withdrawal symptoms from stopping that game they're attached to or just stopping the game altogether. So they might start to feel anxious, upset, angry, irritated. They'll start to feel worried and they'll start to find ways to feel that happiness again that the game gave them. So many parents might then, if they see their child playing the video game for too long or too much, they'll want to just take the system away from them as a punishment or hide their tablet, hide their phones, hide the gaming system. And by doing this, you're really shocking the child uh, right away by taking that system away from them. And they'll start to you'll tell the child to then do their homework instead. But if the child is feeling very anxious and worried and upset, I think the last thing we see them wanting to do is their homework. So that way they'll just sit there or they'll maybe start to cause problems. And that'll really be disturbed, like ruining the point because you took away the system, but they're not feeling motivated to do anything else. So a good way to do this would be to limit the amount of hours the child is playing so you can start slowly. You can start, if they play, let's say four hours a day, you can start with three hours a day. They can keep track of how long they're playing. And then you can slowly move to two hours a day, then to one hour a day, and then try to come up with a healthy amount of time that they can play. So you can give them maybe 30 minutes a day or an hour every other day. Uh, you can really just speak to your child. That's the most important thing. Uh, but to really set these limits with them and ask them what they want. We shouldn't really make the decisions for them, but we should make the decisions with them. So to keep in mind the kind of natural process they will go through, especially if they're playing it for too long, they'll become angry or irritated or upset, or they might just want to keep playing that game. So they'll want to do anything in order to play that video game. So not to punish them or get mad at them if you see them feeling that way, but just to mostly talk to them and have that conversation with them. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I want to mention something also about another very famous game called uh, Roblox. Roblox mm -hmm. is a, a kind of an open platform game where users create their own games. It's free to download and play. And it is uh, rated uh, E10+, plus. means for everyone 10 years old and up. And it's rate, rated for 10 plus because of some fantasy violence, which means that typical gameplay should be suitable for most kids. However, the rating does not take into consideration the interaction notice, which means that parents should be warned that players can communicate with each other. They can join groups and create and share games with each other. In fact, they can sell games on Roblox. So you have to be watch out and be careful of the type of games that uh, they are playing on Roblox. There is many various different games. And also the communication, because every single game, there is some sort of a chat that opens between the players. And there might be uh, some unrestriction on this, this type of chatting that we need to watch out for. Uh, we have a question from uh, Hiba. Uh, she says, how much time is good for kids during a week for eight years and 10 years old? Very good question. And when you're trying to figure out how much time to let the child play the video game, uh, keep in mind for their age. So from eight to 10 years old, they go to school. They have, they're also doing a lot of learning during that time. 
uh, not just from school, but from their life. They're learning how to interact with others. They're learning how to communicate and they're learning different types of family relationships and everything like that. So a good amount of time, you wanna just make sure the amount of time they're playing isn't taking up a lot of their day. It's not really interfering with their school. It's not interfering with the time they should be spending speaking with other people and making these human connections outside of an online world. So just a healthy time would be any time that isn't distracting them from their daily life and where they're not really spending three to four hours a day playing the game or more. That's what we see a lot with children. Playing for five hours or more a day is something very common. If you want to give a time, I would say about an hour um, a day or every other day. Again, it depends on what their life is like, what they have going on, and what the parent feels good with giving them. So an hour for one child a day might be good, but for another child, it might not be that good. So when you're trying to consider the amount of time to maybe look up online, the amount of times that have worked for other parents to ask other parents or to ask a professional if you are worried about your child spending too much time playing a video game. Thank you, Hala. And I've uh, just posted in the comments uh, the uh, guide for parents for uh, Roblox. Um, again, uh, even with the ratings, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, the ratings is, uh, for example, teen, which means 13 years old and older. Uh, but there are kids who are older than that, but the parent would feel that uh, this game is not good for them. And there might be uh, children who are, for example, 10 or 11, uh, that the parent feels that uh, they're mature enough, for example, a game such as Fortnite uh, that has uh, uh, some violence in it, um, the parent thinks that they're mature enough to uh, to uh, play it without taking the violence uh, seriously. Or, for example, they uh, might let them only play on the creative uh, uh, version of it, which uh, involves only building things and... Uh, um, so, so there are a lot of options. The thing is, there is no other way but to educate ourselves and engage ourselves. And like Hella mentioned, very important point is that we have to make the decisions together. Uh, if we just make the decisions uh, against their will, then they will um, they will always resist it, or they might um, uh, always have the desire to uh, to play it at their uh, first opportunity. So it is good to come to these decisions and teach them the way to think and control uh, and make their decisions collaboratively with you. Any other comments? We're reaching to the end of our uh, broadcast, Hala, and the parents, if you have any more questions. We have a, a comment here from Ahmed Ballou. Thank you, Ahmed, for being with us. Uh, get involved and watch them, what they're doing, even as much as 15 to 30 minutes every now and then. Very good point. Thank you, Ahmed, for that. And there was also one more comment too uh, by Riyadh, and he said, can you play the game but without getting mad? Um, again, like I had mentioned too, you can play these video games and a lot of the consequences were getting mad, feeling stressed, or having back pain or eye pain. So when you are playing these games, yes, it's important you're taking the precaution for it. You're relaxing yourself, you're trying not to get too stressed from it, you're sitting in a good position and you're sitting far from the screen. So I'm not saying to not play video games at all. Of course, this is something 
that you can do and you should do without feeling guilty for. And we shouldn't make the child feel guilty or stop them from playing the video games. It's okay to play them, uh, just to limit the amount of time. To also put other things ahead of it, to prioritize your life and then play the video games, not to revolve your whole day or your life around trying to play the video game. And if a parent, Hella, have made, made, makes a decision that they don't want to have any video gaming in their house, what's your opinion about such a decision? I would want to um, make sure I know why they made that decision. Is there a good reason? Um, is it because they want to punish the child or is it just because they don't want those video games? Uh, if that's the situation and they don't want video games in the house, uh, that's a rule they have and they have the right to make that rule. Uh, but they have to make sure the child is understanding that rule so the child doesn't feel like they have to hide or go to a friend's house just to play the video game. Uh, so to avoid making these kinds of decisions again without the child knowing, uh, maybe to just have a compromise so it's not all or nothing. Uh, they can compromise. I'll let you play the video game once a week and that's what the parent wants and the child should understand that, should tell them how they're feeling about that. And then again, they're making that decision together. Great. Uh, dear parents, if you have any ideas of uh, how to spend, uh, you know, to how to gamify uh, some aspects, uh, how, to, how to create some games in your life uh, at home where you can play all together, please put it in the comments so we can share it with other parents. Uh, I've uh, known some parents who, for example, have a talent show that they do at home. Uh, there are parents who do like an improv night um, where you can um, open the internet and find a lot of improv family games that can be done together. Uh, I've seen parents who use technology in a creative way where, for example, they uh, commission, uh, they split into groups and each group has to do, uh, um, you know, a little movie or a little skit and produce it. Uh, using the cameras on their phones or tablets or whatever, and then they show it in a in a like a family movie night where they're showing all these skits that were made by their uh, children or family members. Um, so there are a lot of creative ideas that can be done at home. Um, you can invent your own games. Uh, you can play uh, famous board games like Monopoly and Risk, etc. And you can take these games and. Uh, create alternatives to it, like use the same gaming, but have your own version, your own family version of the game that uh, makes it uh, fun for yourself. Um, I've taken, for example, uh, Risk before, and I've used actually the map of the United States instead of the map that comes with Risk, just so they can learn the states and the cities. Uh, so there's a lot of ideas that you can find, a lot of resources online and you can share with each other alternatives to video games because we have to find the alternatives uh, and reduce the use of video gaming if there is any in the house to the healthy level, uh, like Hala mentioned, uh, not excessive use. Uh, with that, we've come to the end of our presentation. Hala, if you have any more comments to give before we end. I just want to say thank you for everyone who's watching, especially the youth watching and especially the parents watching. It's important that you're wanting to learn more about this, and that's very, very good. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Hala, and uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. This video will be posted on uh, 
the Academy's uh, uh, Facebook pages and YouTube channel. Uh, please share it with others if you feel that they need some of the information that's mentioned here. And uh, I hope that you'll have a safe and uh, great entertaining weekend. Bye-bye. HES Academies have been serving the Detroit metro area for over 23 years, promoting academic excellence, leadership, and cultural diversity, ranking as some of the top schools in the state of Michigan. Our pre-K through 12th grade students enjoy tuition-free, state-accredited education by STEM-certified and highly qualified staff with no geographical restrictions, and with advanced placement, college dual enrollment, scholarship, and Arabic language programs. Nor International Academy in Sterling Heights at NIAPSA.org. Star International Academy in Dearborn Heights and in Canton at StarPSA.org. Universal Academy in Detroit at UniversalPSA.org. And Universal Learning Academy in Westland at ULAPSA.org. Join HES Academies today and enjoy a free Chromebook for every enrolled student.